the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today is the Feast of the Epiphany and in, in the beginning of the Epiphany season. Epiphany teaches us, among other things, that our experience of time in Christ doesn't take a break after Christmas, only to resume again sometime around Easter. Rather, we live in a story that continues to unfold over the year in a progressive tapestry of feasts and fasts that gives our life in Christ a narrative and a texture. Our experience of time in Christ always spans all periods of time, past, present, and future. When we observe a feast, we remember what God has done in the past. We experience it in a new way in the present, and we look forward to its ultimate fulfillment at the appearance of Christ at the end of time. This way of experiencing time cultivates within us the virtue of hope. Our calendar repeats each year, but it is not an endless loop. It is a progressive cycle. As we move through the year, remembering, experiencing, anticipating, time itself moves forward towards its end or telos in Christ, who is the Alpha and the Omega. For example, one Easter when we gather to celebrate the resurrection, the trumpet may actually sound and the dead may actually be raised. The feast may be fulfilled as we gather to remember, experience, and anticipate. This is what happened in the New Testament on the feasts of Passover and Pentecost. Apart from what God has done, is doing, and will do, time, in the words of Alexander Schmemann, quote, is a strangely non-existent reality. It constantly dissolves in a past that no longer is and in a future which always leads to death. We have been saved from this futile experience of time through baptism and faith. Jesus brings us into his new creation, which is a new experience of time. This is why the church calendar is an essential part of our faith. As we live our life of prayer through the seasons and feasts of the year, in anticipation of their ultimate fulfillment, we are formed in the image of Christ rather than in the image of the world. And faith, hope, and love are cultivated in us to replace the anxiety, the despair, and the fear that result from living in the world's time. During Epiphany, we focus on the ways Jesus was revealed in the past in the Bible as a son of God. These past revelations provide a framework for understanding how Christ is revealed to us right now. And the past and the future revelations of Jesus point us forward to the day when Jesus will be fully and finally revealed, 
For, as 1 Corinthians 13 says, now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. The Magi were most likely ambassadors from the Persian Empire, a class of men who studied the stars. They discerned in the star a sign of the birth of the king of the Jews and were led to him by a star. This tells us that the birth of Christ was an event of cosmic significance and that God revealed it to foreigners, a sign that Christ was born for all people, which is an epiphany theme, the manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles. The star that led the Magi to Christ is symbolic of the way we were led to Christ. If we have faith in Christ, something or someone or some series of things led us to him. The wise men knew astronomy, so God used stars to reveal Christ to them. God reveals Jesus to us in ways that each of us can understand. And Christ is revealed to each of us in unique ways that pertain to our unique personalities and vision. It is wrong to insist that everyone's conversion conform to some fixed pattern. Gradual conversion is in fact more common than sudden conversion. The Bible gives us both models. St. Paul is an example of the sudden conversion. He came to know Christ when Jesus revealed himself to Paul in a moment on the road to Damascus. And his life was changed forever in one day. We should note that St. Paul, who as a persecutor of Christians, strong-armed and bullied those he persecuted, so Christ revealed himself to Paul by sort of strong-arming or bullying him, knocking him to the ground in a glorious appearance. Christ revealed himself to Paul in a language that Paul could understand. In contrast to Paul's sudden conversion, the disciples in the New Testament came to understand who Christ was in gradual ways over three-year period of time. In the case of St. Peter, this process of conversion involved a failure of faith at a key moment and a second calling or conversion. Conversion is, in fact, an ongoing process. As St. Ignatius, Bishop of Antioch, said when he was being taken to Rome to be thrown into the arena with the lions, quote, now I am just beginning to be a disciple. The proper focus of our prayer during the Epiphany season is on how Jesus is being revealed to us in the current season of our lives. What new things are we learning about Christ and about ourselves and about God's grace and about our gifts and how God is calling us to use them in new and sacrificial ways. To aid in answering these questions, Epiphany is a good time to examine our habits of prayer and our spiritual disciplines. Sometimes we need to change our habits of prayer in order to experience God's grace in new ways. The remedy for the sad stories of New Year's resolutions gone bad in one week 
is to commit to new patterns of prayer and spiritual discipline for the next year. If we do that, we will experience change and we will grow. Most people in our time need more stillness and silence with God. Our world is full of noise and distraction that drowns out the, quote, still small voice of God. We need to turn off the noise and turn from the distractions if we are to listen for God and look for God. If we create those silent spaces, God will reveal himself to us in them. Christ is Emmanuel, God with us. He is not hiding from us. We are often too distracted to see him and hear him. There was a second epiphany in our gospel story. The Magi revealed the birth of Christ to King Herod. They asked him, where is he who is born king of the Jews? Herod didn't know because God had not told him. In an irony that the Gentiles come and announce the birth of the king of the Jews to the current king of the Jews. Herod had obtained the title king of the Jews from Caesar through violence and bribery. Herod wasn't born king of the Jews. He was only half Jewish and therefore would never be embraced as Israel's true king. Thus, the revelation of the birth of Jesus was a threat to him and his throne. And it led Herod to kill all the boys in Jerusalem who fit the description of Jesus, the king. We celebrate this difficult feast on December 28th, the Feast of the Holy Innocents, each year. The hostility of Herod teaches us that not everyone will be happy about the revelation of Jesus. Jesus has come to challenge the status quo, to overthrow evil, and to rule over the world in righteousness. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He has also come to confront what is wrong in our lives and change it. Some of what Christ reveals to us as we look for him will convict us and lead us to confess our sins and change. We must be willing to do both of these things if we want to see him more clearly. Epiphany reminds us that Christmas is only the beginning of the story. Christ was born and now Christ is revealed. And during this season, we pray for the grace to see Christ more clearly. As St. Paul prayed in Ephesians, quote, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of the inheritance of the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. And as we are given grace to see Christ more clearly right now, we look forward to the day when he will be 
fully and finally revealed, and we will see him face to face. As St. John writes, quote, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.